Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh! A Podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by O-Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O-Rock. And I'm Michael Gray, the head writer of O-Rock. So, Michael, I... I usually start this podcast with, you know, a little of like the most basic of icebreakers. How you doing, Michael? I have a different question for you this month. Are you ready for this? Oh boy. Yeah, let's let's see it. Uh, are you going to challenge me to bring a refrigerator over to your house? <laughs> Somebody is still bitter about playing my old game Life in the Dorms the other day. I can see. Uh no. And we'll talk about that. Don't worry. Uh, no, I like that puzzle. Is... That was a good puzzle. Yeah, let's hear your icebreaker, <laughs> though. Do you know what episode number of the podcast this is? No idea. Um, it's it's episode fifty. We've made it all the way to episode fifty. Can you believe it? Wait, have we been? Doing this for how many years? Five? Uh, yeah, oh, just about five years. I was looking it up. Our first episode was in uh, September of 2016. Wow, what a time to start doing things. That's okay. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder about podcasts in general. Uh, how often do people go back and listen to the old content? It's like, who's going to be listening to... Uh, the teenage years of the podcast, if we're on the 50s now. <laughs> I think it's especially interesting with a podcast like this, where we're, or interesting is definitely not the right word, but where so much of our stuff is just like, here's the problem I'm working on this month. Do you have a way to fix it? Um, I don't know how, I don't know how interesting that stuff is now, let alone five years from now. Well, I um, mean, people be wanting to hear all the behind the scenes and learning how we struggle. Yeah. Whatever game we came up with five years ago. That's true. Oh, man, I should I should make, like, alternate edits of the podcast where it's like, here's all the parts where we talk about the making of Cat President 2, and then, like, release that as just, like, a making of audio documentary in the game itself. Oh, that oh, sounds, that sounds great. Like a lot of work. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. Oh, I wasn't going to say a making of in the game. I just thought yeah. that would be Podcast 51, and now we don't have to do anything oh. for the podcast. <laughs> That's cheating, but yeah, fifty whole episodes. Yeah, I, I, there, I, there are definitely podcasts where I like, I get really into it. Like, I, I, I listen to an episode. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm gonna go back and listen to every single episode before this one, and then it's like two hundred episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in the midst of doing that with a podcast called Doctor Game Show. Uh, I, where I ended up, like, actually buying, <laughs> like, a, a, a micro SD card for my phone so I could download more episodes and put them all on my phone. <laughs> I'm still only, like, halfway through it, too, I think. Yeah, I think the farthest I've ever gone with a podcast was um, one to two years back, but I I don't know. Like I said, I've never really followed that many podcasts, but... When the, when the last Harry Potter book was coming out, I uh, I listened to the Potter cast pretty I was pretty intense into that. So, but yeah, no, the only podcast I'm listening to right now is the uh, Tough Pigs podcast where they discuss uh, the movie Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time. So each episode <laughs> is talking about two minutes of the movie, and it it's just surprisingly addictive. Okay, so how are you doing, Michael? 
Uh, it's it's fine. Hey, that's the icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got I got back around to it. I'm great. It's it's been an it, it's been a crazy month. Um, two thousand. 21 January. Oh man. For a while there was 2020 part 2, right? Oh no. Yeah. Part of, sometimes it still kind of feels like it is. But things seem you know, to be I getting feel better, people, right? Yeah, I've got, you know, I've seen people say, "Oh man, it's so much better than I'm so glad last year's over." And then I see other people saying, "It's this is terrible." 2021, you're supposed to be the chosen one. You're supposed to be different. <laughs> And you're you're just the same. Uh, I don't know. At least I'm I'm feeling vaguely a vague sense of optimism about the near future that I was not feeling two months ago. Put it that way. Yay. Yay. Yeah, so uh the other day, uh you streamed Life in the Dorms. Uh it was the the very uh I yeah, the very first game that I that I worked on in any significant capacity came out in originally in like 2011 12 somewhere around there uh, i i wrote it and designed it and uh it's only very very recently that it's actually playable on the pc it's on steam for free uh and and michael did me the honor of streaming it on his youtube channel the other day oh, it how, was, how did you feel about that michael it was a lot of <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It makes me wish I could make a game in that style. I wouldn't know how you'd write it or go about it, but I mm-hmm. I think I mentioned like uh in November when I tried to do writing an adventure game, I didn't know how to do any sort of adventure game writing or that sort of thing. Right. Um I feel like this game is very well designed. I, I think I even commented on it in like chapter four or something where it's like, um there's a puzzle with every single character. I really like that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I I don't know. I I guess I'm just kind of a nerd for structure like that. <laughs> There's a couple of Nancy Drew games that way too, where it's like each each of the four characters has two puzzles for you to solve, and I I don't know. Maybe that's just something you don't notice as much as a player, but more as a developer. You're like, oh, I s- yeah. I see how your script was probably originally written. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a whole outline and everything. Um that was a very interesting design project because um I was writing and designing it as the programmer Ted was developing it, which isn't always how you and I do our games. It's usually or at least in the last couple games it's been like we get the script first and then program second. This was like he was programming it and starting to work on the art and everything, and we didn't totally know where it was going at that point. <laughs> Which is which is kind of a fun way to do it because you kind of you 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 get a greater perspective on like really what the game looks like and what the game can do and what makes sense in the game's universe that way that you don't necessarily get when the whole thing is still just in a design document somewhere. Yeah, I really um, what do you call it? I thought the ending was nice with the um, gosh, what was it? Office disorders. <laughs> I feel like maybe I played the game in the wrong order and I was supposed to do that segment way sooner, but uh, it was like the last segment I played in uh, chapter four or chapter That's three right, or yeah. whatever. It seemed like you were you were you were not feeling office disorders. <laughs> I was not a fan of office disorders at yeah. all, so <laughs> it, it was weird. Um 
so I guess for people who haven't seen my live stream, go check out my live stream. It, it was great. Definitely but check it out. It's like we got thrown into a, a completely different game, and that does happen sometimes in video games, where you know it's like you're playing a game, you're going along, it's cool, and then all of a sudden, why am I suddenly transported into a completely different video game? Sure. But in this case, literally transported into like a, a different video game. <laughs> yeah. You're playing as a, a completely different character, and it's got a completely different... Well, I wouldn't say completely different interface, but it is a different interface. Sure, it it adds, like, these kind of Sims-style meters to it, where you have to, like, make sure you're getting enough sleep and enough food and water and things like that. Um, Office Disorders, by the way, originally was uh, the, the programmer's, Ted Hung's. It was his first game... Um, and I, I thought it would be fun to include kind of a nod to that. Um, but uh, playing it now, you know, some 10 years later, <laughs> it, it it does seem kind of out of nowhere. And also, like, I, I made the section in Life in the Dorms, like, basically a direct continuation of Office Disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really make any sense now because you, there's literally, there's no way you can even play Office Disorders. It does not exist anywhere unless you happen to have bought it on xbox 360 10 years ago and still have the hard drive like it doesn't exist it's it's a phantom game yeah so that was sort of the problem because yeah if you haven't played office disorders i'm like i don't know who these characters are or what's going on <laughs> but uh, as i was starting to say i think it was lo- nice how it came back around to that in the finale of the game. Like, oh, okay, now it now it works and makes more sense. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. the 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 whole structure of the game it was it was basically designed to be a, a story about this guy uh, who's extremely anxious about going to college, afraid that he's not going to fit in, he's not going to be able to find any friends, and he's going to have a totally miserable four years. Um, so it's sort of structured that you and the character, Dak, build your relationships with all of these individual characters over the course of the game. And by the end, you and Dak are basically in the position like, I, I don't even know why he was worried in the first place. This is great. All these people are awesome. It was kind of me rewriting my uh, my early college experience <laughs> to have a better ending, if I'm honest. <laughs> but anyway, that's where the design came, where uh, in Act uh, three or four, or whatever it is, where you have a, a puzzle you have to do with each specific character. And that's why I did it that way because I wanted to make sure you had a time to to really build your relationship, build Dax's relationship with with each character on an individual basis. Well, it certainly did feel like um, what was it? I think it was the first chapter. I, I thought it was well structured because so I think chapter one was just all inside your room, right? And then wasn't chapter two? like, inside your specific dorm, and then, let's say, the next major segment, you got to go up to the bottom floor or to the third floor. So the world kept slowly building, and I, I, I like yeah, that. Yeah. But um, there was a scavenger hunt, like, towards the beginning, where you sort of had to do something with all the various characters, too. And so the scavenger hunt you do later on is sort of reminiscent of that, and I thought that worked very well. Yeah. And um, I guess I guess it's not spoilers at this point. The game has been around for forever. So, I, I mean, I did it that way, too, because um, the person who designed the scavenger hunt in the beginning was also the person who designed the other scavenger hunt. Uh, and he did it for basically the same reason. So that's why there are so many parallels between them, too. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 
I like that. <laughs> I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, when I write games, I actually do put thought into it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, uh, oh, gosh, there are like 15 different items, though, in the inventory. And that's sort of what I was struggling yeah. with. Um, since I can't, I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get items or pick up inventory items <laughs> or whatnot in the, in the script. Yeah, I mean, it. Oh wait, what do you mean when you're designing a script or in the in life in the dorms? Oh no, just designing the script even for uh I, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. I think what did I tell you? Like the the only like inventory item puzzle I could think of was pick up pick up item A and item B, use item A on item B to get <laughs> item C and that's the item you need. And that, it's like it it and it's totally different in life of the dorms where it's like, well you've got like uh 15 inventory items, I think you only use each one once. I don't know. If I decide to speedrun the game, that's something I'd have to do is inventory management. Because I notice you only have the first five items that appear on screen at once, and so you'd have to pick up the items in a specific order. And that's the part of the speedrun that I actually kind of enjoy. It's kind of nerdy, but it's like, oh man, what would be the optimal strategy? I like the strategizing part. I don't like the part of, uh, I just need to replay this level 50 times in a row until I, uh, you know, walk perfectly yeah, yeah. and save half a second. Sure. That's really boring to me. <laughs> so I, I usually do it like three or four times, not 50. And then I just call it a day rather than going for best ever time. Yeah, well, I I bet you could get the best uh, recorded time in life in the dorms if you wanted. I doubt there are any other sp any speed runs available at the moment. Yeah, that's um. that's that's the easy way to get a, a speed run record <laughs> is uh, just play an obscure game. Uh, I was going to say one of the things we don't really do in the game. Um, I don't think we really clear out your inventory all that much. So yeah, by the end of the game, you're, you're definitely still like hanging on to a bunch of items that you've already used once and aren't going to use again. And um, I was actually looking at our old episodes when I was trying to figure out when we started the podcast. And that was actually something we talked about a while ago was, was different ways to clear out your inventory. Uh, like in Curse of Monkey Island, when you get eaten by a snake and you lose a bunch of items that way, stuff like that. Um, and we don't do that at all, and, and I don't even, like, just ditch an item after you use it for the first time. Um, I think I did it that way, one, because I wanted to have those options available. Like, maybe I, as a designer, maybe I would want to make an item a solution one, a second time later in the game. Um, and also, I just, it didn't even really occur to me to, to find a way to, to get rid of items. Um, well, as I said, the five most recent items are the ones that show up, so that kind of solves the problem a little bit. Because yeah. I mean, if if there's an item you picked up in chapter one, you're you're gonna have to be scrolling through the inventory uh, to try to find it yeah. again in chapter five. I don't think I even no ever noticed that it was designed that way. <laughs> that that's all Ted. <laughs> I had I had nothing to do with the with the interface at all. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I think I was going to say, too, um, I don't usually want to limit the inventory too much because then I feel like it, it, it can make the puzzles too easy because you might get to the point where, well, I have one item and there's one thing I need to do, so I know I have to use that one item on that one thing, um, which is sort of the problem I saw. Th sorry, this is getting a little off topic, but that's sort of, sort of a problem I've seen with like episodic adventure games before, the ones that are like super short mm -hmm. and 
you know, take place on like one or two screens and you only ever collect one or two items, I think it gets too easy because of that. Well, I just played uh, Love Chronicles 3. It's Love Chronicles Salvation. And Chapter 4 of that game has like the exact same problem. So like in Chapters 1 and 2, mm. you've got 10 inventory items like the whole time. And then like Chapter 4, it's like maximum of two or three inventory items. And so it's ends up being the shortest chapter of the game because every puzzle is super easy because you've only got one or exactly. two items to use. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, could, I could talk all day about best practices in inventory items in adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... it's I, I don't know how I would do that with a... Um, yeah. Gosh. I'm thinking of the escape room game. I don't know how to program inventories, mm. <laughs> really. I feel like if we were to, yeah. to try to make a big adventure game, we'd either have to use one of the, uh, I guess, an adventure game engine, or if we're going to yeah. keep trying to do it in RenPy, I'd either A, look up to see how other people have done it, or uh, mm -hmm. B, just, it's a separate screen, that's your inventory screen. I kind of hate having the separate inventory screen, but I feel like right. in RenPy that would be the best way to program it. Well, I think I think I know how to overlay screens on top of like the current background. Like we do that in Internet Court a few times. Like the um, the court record at the bottom is is its own separate screen that displays while you're in the court. Um, so we could probably really? figure that part out. Oh yeah. Oh, well, there's a lot of there's a multiple screens that display in Internet Court. The uh, the court record is a screen. Um, I think. Like, at the top where it shows the number of strikes you have, I think that's a screen, too. Actually, there's a couple screens. One for the strikes on top of the avatars on the left, and then one on top for the strikes on top of the video that's playing. Yeah, I think there's at least, like, three screens on the game simultaneously. Yeah, because I, um, I feel like the Escape Room game, uh, for those mm. of you who don't know, it's, it's sort of like an adventure game I tried to program in RenPy. I couldn't really figure out how to do it, and so... Um, it's just the bottom of the screen is, uh, I mean, that's where the inventory is supposed to go, but mm -hmm. it's just, I had to program each item individually and what the cursor might be touched. I don't know. I feel like I did it very badly and it could be done much better. The person had a tutorial on how to do it and I couldn't figure, <laughs> couldn't figure it out actually. So... I'm actually already picturing something that I could do based on the internet court court record where it's the same idea that I think you're you're suggesting where you have like the bottom portion of the screen has a bunch of items that are make up your inventory. Yeah, and you can uh, click and... on them to view them or whatnot. Yeah, or use well, them I'm, on puzzles. I'm thinking, yeah, like you click on one item and maybe that item just gets highlighted on the screen like you don't even have to do the adventure game thing where your cursor becomes the item you can just highlight that one and have that be the active item and then you can set some sort of variable when you click it that says you know pi equals uh active item active item equals pi um and then you can set that when you click on other items it can check whether you currently have the pi uh, activated or like when you're clicking on something in the background they can check if you have the pie activated and then run interactions based on that i bet i bet i bet it could come up with something like that yeah that probably work uh with the example yeah. i think on the run pie forums it was um they they use some actual programming for python for oh, uh, no, no, adding no. new inventory items and then that <laughs> that was just 
nope, nope, that that was where I got stuck. But uh, their example inventory it is a very simple like adventure game puzzle. Like, okay, we need to grab the firewood from outside and then put the firewood in the furnace or use the match to light it as well. So if if we only have three items in the inventory yeah. <laughs> in the game, it'd be super easy to copy-paste. I, I know it was programmed to make it super easy to uh, add extra items, and then, like it, like you said, the frame would do all the heavy lifting for you, So, but I, I just couldn't parse their programming. It, it just did not work for me. Adventure games, they're difficult. <laughs> That's why we make visual novels. I do want to try to make more adventure games or other games. So I don't know if this is getting off topic or not, but, um, you know, I was trying to think of an idea. I think I posted this on, on Twitter too. No, Twitter and Facebook. I'm like, boy, it'd be cool if I could make a game in the style that Carol Reed thing, where it's just pictures. The person takes pictures of real life locations and I I did a little bit of scouting. I've done a little bit of scouting out various places that are, like, historical of interest in Oregon City. And I've showed my uh, family, and they they seem to think it's cool. I, I think that I think a Carol Reed-style game could definitely be done in Renpai. Let's see, add the arrows to move around. Everything's just, like, each individual room is, like a screen with hot spots on it. I don't know. I guess I didn't watch enough of the Carol Reed walkthroughs to really get a sense of how it works, but um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the screens are just scenery with no hot spots. I mean, the only oh, hot yeah, spot that's is easy, like then. turn right and turn left. That that's super easy. Yeah, that would that would be extremely straightforward. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think you could do it. I think we could definitely do it if that's something we uh wanted to pursue at some point. Well, I'll I'll think about it a bit more and then send. I don't know if I've actually sent you any of my specs that I've written, but um, <laughs> it's gonna be fun when we decide what our next project is, and we just have like a pile of like a dozen different games to figure to sort through. <laughs> I've got a bunch of these specs, so I've got the spec oh for Francie Drew Three, Mask of Red oh. Death, Story Savers, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, uh, the Murder Man, and Murder Man. <laughs> A trial by Hellfire was apparently something. I think this was a. Uh, oh, that's that's. I said yeah. that you for you forever ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, well, I think that's when we were still trying to figure out. No, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't. That had nothing to do with Internet Court. I'm sorry, that was uh, 2016. No, I think we decided to go with yeah. Internet Court as a yeah a different option. Gosh, I forgot about Trial by Hellfire. <laughs> yeah. Told me to write it, so I just wrote like the first screen, <laughs> I think, or the first a really scene. Good name. <laughs> that is just a great name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have um on my on my whiteboard in front of me. I have uh, it's like all game dev stuff, so I have like my main projects listed, and then I have other other games that we've talked about. Uh, so I have what Room Escape, uh, Sexy Priest is on there, uh, Running oh, no. Club. Santa slash Xmas songs slash dating sim. Uh, oh, one I wanted to do was the Awkward Steve duality. <laughs> different awkward, which was going to be uh, awkward. Awkward Steve duology was was two games in one. So the Awkward Steve duality was going to be one game in two, where you're playing two different games like simultaneously. Uh, that that never went anywhere. 
Uh, let's see. Save the Dates, Speed Hating. These are some good classics. And then the Weird Moms game, Christmas Carol Dating Sim. Oh, yeah. I've got Lots I've got stuff. the Christmas yeah. Carol Dating Sim here. So I've That got one is page, a winner. I've got a two-page thing here. It's 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 not much, but it's it's got all the major bullet points uh, for the <laughs> what the script would be. That one is the winner. Dating the three ghosts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My wife said speed hating sounds like it would be a great game too. I mentioned that the other day. <laughs> so. Again, a really good name. It's it's just the best name, but you said you were playing a game which sounded similar it's to that. It's true. It's true. So talk I'm, about I'm this playing. game. Let's hear more. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm playing, uh, it's this game called Heartbreak High. Um, it's a, it's a very short visual novel. It was part of the, uh, Ichio Social Justice Bundle. Um, and it's sort of like the anti-dating sim. It's, it's, it's a breakup sim where you have to break up with everybody in your high school. <laughs> and I just think it's, it's the goofiest thing. Um, it, it, it's it's this interesting game where like you you have forty minutes of like real world time to play through the game and try to break up with everybody. Uh, if the time limit expires, like you're just done. Um, and it seems like you get one shot at at every character to try to dump them. Um, a lot of it is like convincing them to break up or or like trying to forcefully tell them that you're breaking up. Um, while keeping track of a set of meters, like it tracks how mean you're being, and if you're too mean, you lose the game. What? Oh, what come on! To, that's that's what happened to me. I was too mean and trying to dump people. But you're supposed to be dumping people. You gotta be mean. That way, nobody will want to date you. Oh, it was too rude. Um, and it also does uh, a few mini games. I was I was describing these to my wife earlier today. Um. There's this one wild sequence where you're trying to dump the track star and at the top of the screen like there's like a little like Atari track meet game where you have to like keep clicking to jump over hurdles as they scroll across the screen while you're still doing the visual novel dialogue choices at the bottom of the screen. It was it was very trippy. And the other mini game I saw uh this one's a little gross. Uh it's, it's a makeout mini game. Oh, great. Where your you, your head is on one side of the screen and the other person's head's on the other, and and you have your two tongues coming to the no, no. What is the... <laughs> yes? And you have to move your tongue so it touches their tongue. It's the worst game ever. Oh, <laughs> if you do it badly, do they break up with you? And so I think I think maybe yes. I did I did a really good job, and then I couldn't break up with them because I was such a good kisser. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, that's what I've been playing. Uh, like I said, it's very short. I just played. A, I did a run like last night. Um, probably finish it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like. Yeah. So anyway, just hearing about that yes. reminded me of speed hating, and I'm like, oh. In game development news, um, yes, I. I don't really have an update on Pride and Prejudice and Murder. The The update is that, you know, I checked in with the other author and they said things are on schedule. And I'm like, great. And so that's that's the update. <laughs> um, awesome. Eventually things will happen with that game. With the kidnapped prom queen, I was going to message. You messaged me 
uh, a while ago, actually, in like July or something, when you played through the game and you came across typos or, or whatnot. Yeah, And so yeah. I, for whatever reason, on my calendar, had it to check now to see, hey, did they actually update the game? And it turns out they did, so that's great. Oh, great. Cool. So, I'm so glad I don't have to do anything. Yes. <laughs> it reminds... I, I played the, uh, what do you call it? The Exit the Game? So we played Exit the Abandoned Cabin. Yeah. Yeah, very creative board game. So uh, eventually I want to, like, record my family and I, like, playing through the game and post it on YouTube. But yeah, there there's yeah. very creative puzzles and stuff like that. But it reminded me of the Kidnap Prom Queen, where it's basically the setup is that you're trapped inside some sort of area and then you just have to solve a bunch of puzzles to open the locks and escape. I haven't played the other exit games, but it feels like that could be done with pretty much anywhere. Like, it didn't have to take place in a cabin. It could be, I don't know, like a high school or, you know, oh, yeah. an old castle. Oh, I mean, there, there's, a, a there's a ton of them. I was going to say, we played one that's in a castle. Uh, castle, mansion, uh, museum, might have been a theme park at one point. Oh, um, that like a boat. Cool one. Yeah. There's one on a boat or a submarine, maybe both. Yeah, my wife and I are really into the uh, the Exit series. We played it. We played a ton of them. So maybe you might know this. Is there like, a, yeah. is it possible like to re- to return the game or give the game to a like uh, the There's like a store that does board games near us. Yeah, um, you have to destroy components of the game to play it. We purposely didn't do that so for this one in particular and exit the cabin is like what you're supposed to do is cut out pieces of paper for a set of dominoes i'm like i'm not doing this and so i just wrote out dominoes on a separate sheet of paper and cut those out (laughs) instead oh we've never played it that way we always destroy everything (laughs) that's the fun part for me We've we've played a lot of uh, what they call legacy board games. Um, I've talked about on Twitter a few times. Pandemic Legacy uh, also played uh, Betrayal Legacy, Risk Legacy, and that that's sort of like how these games work, right? Is you you play through a, a set story that takes place over a, a number of play sessions, and each time you play, you're like adding new stickers to the rule book, adding new rules that way. You're opening little boxes in the in the box itself that introduce new figurines, new cubes, new new cards, and and you frequently uh, have to destroy cards as you use resources and, and things like that. You write on the board uh, in Risk. It was we very memorably got to name all the continents of the world. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Let me destroy all my board games. Gosh, I think the only other... Uh, another writing thing I had an idea uh, for was... I know we mentioned like an RPG, so I wrote out vague ideas for doing an, uh, an RPG based on Hercules. So, okay, I don't know if that will actually go anywhere, but uh, Hercules had... He famously had to solve 12 different labors, and so I'm like, okay, well, it's a game, we've got 12 different levels, that 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 translates nicely, maybe. I One of us will have to learn RPG Maker. Yeah, I I know that there are, I'm sure Renpai's got a bunch of RPG-style games, right? Um, I mean, RPG-style visual novels. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, or like, um, 
How to Full Boyfriend has some has some odd like turn based combat RPG uh, portions of the game. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just add that onto the list. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do like a whole episode where we're just going through all the game ideas to figure out what we want to do next. Someone was actually someone was asking me about it. Uh, I think it was in a in in a stream that I was sitting in on the other day. They wanted to know what we were doing next. And I don't know. I don't know yet. I thought we were doing Figured the uh, the sexy Santa game. Is that what we're working on, or is no? that is that a, is that the official next game? I don't know. Where where I guess where are you on that? Um, I mean, I read the script. That's about as far as I've gotten so far. Uh, I I don't I don't I'm not I'm I'm not totally sold on the. Uh, I think you mentioned you were like intentionally writing it as kind of like kind of a bad parody, and I I don't know if I don't know how I feel about going down that that route yet. Yeah. As, um, so I don't know. We, I, I think we might need to work on the script more. Um, but we did, we did figure out the art. That was kind of fun. Yeah, no, no, no. So I, I mean, that'd be great if you have any ideas or, or okay, something, yeah. just throw them yeah, over I, to me I'm and so, then I'll give I'm it a so rehaul. Swapped. Probably like Cat President. And there are definitely places where it feels like, okay, he definitely wrote yeah. this off the top of his head in one afternoon and never <laughs> went back and, yeah. and looked at it again. So I'm sure there are different places like that. Where it has that feeling. I'll, I'll try to make time to at least like give you like more specific ideas on on where I might work on it more. Um, I I don't think I'm at the point yet where I can do like the line by line editing that I that I did with like Cat President and stuff. But I can I can mm-hmm. try to sit down and be like, okay, this maybe this is what we should focus on more stuff like yeah, that. That works for me. I don't know when on my like to do list I'd have time to work yeah. on that. Let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, like six or so <laughs> projects. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like I said, Pride and Prejudice is going to come in at any point soon, and then that's probably just going to force me to put everything else on hold just to work on that. Yeah. Like like I was saying, I'm 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 sort of getting bogged down with Internet Court. Um, I'm starting to see the end of the tunnel, but I discovered some really nasty bugs at the beginning of this month. And I've been sort of been consumed by trying to fix it, which is which has slowed things down a little bit. Um, in the meantime, when I was working on that, I, I really cleaned up most of my internet court to do list. Like the, all the inner stuff, face stuff, I'm constantly complaining at is is all done. Um, there's like only a couple small things I need to do now before it goes out to the testers. Besides the bugs. Um, there's like some uh, there's like a sound effect I want to add, <laughs> like stuff that that's that small. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, I'll probably I'm fingers crossed it'll be in the next few weeks that I'll, I'll put out a call on Twitter uh, to to looking for testers. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I've started thinking about what a trailer for this game might look like too. Um, so I added the intro to case number one that you and I had talked about several months ago, um, where there's just like a like a tiny bit of dialogue, like at the beginning of like a Law and Order episode that sort of sets the stage for what this is. Um, mm-hmm. So I have I have that in the game now, and I was thinking that could just be the beginning of the trailer, and then there could just be like random random dialogue clips from the game that are either interesting or funny or otherwise set the scene for the game. So. As I've been testing, I've tried to like I've been trying to make notes of specific scenes that might work for the trailer. Um, I haven't gotten that far yet, but I did write down like Diana's line of "I think we know what really happened" would sound really cool in a trailer. 
and like <laughs> clips of clips of people saying objection stuff like that um i think that'll be the next big thing after i send this out for testing all right yeah that sounds good yeah um and then we'll have to start thinking about achievements too <laughs> oh Back- no yeah there we go again i mean it'll be what one each for beating all the cases maybe one I added that stupid gavel thing that you can click on. I might add an achievement for, like, banging the gavel 50 times or something like that. That's sounds... anger, anger yeah. management <laughs> issues achievement. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's sort of where that is right now. Um, we're, in, we're in a mostly good place. Just takes forever. I'm sorry. I try to go fast. It doesn't always work. It frequently doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like... It sounds like we've got a plan, though. You'll you'll just keep working on Internet Court, and then yeah. uh, you know after that we'll probably decide our next projects because we've got yeah. several we could choose from. I think it's the, yeah. the sexy Santa game, the <laughs> the escape room game, the the crazy moms game, uh, and then moms the, the Groundhog Day too, game. Though. I think oh, I feel like man. those are the ones that are the most advanced slash you know like sure. closest to uh. I mean, they're a lot more work done than, say... Than the, than the games where all we have is, like, a funny title. Where, yeah, our, our good yeah. title are, it's like, okay, well, here's the Christmas Carol dating sim, here's a list of scenes in A Christmas Carol that's not as well advanced as Too Many Santas, which has an actual script, or... Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list. Um, how about after I send this stuff out for testing, I'll, I'll have a, a nice pause for internet work for there so internet court work at that point um so at that point i can i I can read over the the sexy santa script again and and try to come up with some more like more general notes for you yeah and then i'll do a rewrite or whatever yeah Yeah. and i'll think more about this oregon trail game with my family then i don't know how many how many locations would be good for that game (laughs) Or, I guess, like a big scavenger hunt through Oregon City game. I don't know. Oh, that sounds interesting. I've only got, like, 15 possible locations, so... <laughs> what are what are the puzzles in the Carol Reed games? Like, is it is it is it like a visual novel? Is it, like, mostly dialogue? Or are there, like, Nancy Drew-style, like, logic puzzles in there, too? I think it's mostly, like, adventure game puzzles. One yeah. puzzle all the time is, uh... You know, you need to find the key, which is hidden somewhere, like behind a rock or something. Okay. And uh, another common puzzle is like opening a locked case. So you need to find the password, which is 4532 or or whatever the password might be. Sometimes it's a color. I'll just list the various puzzles here. You go into this kid's room and you find a a card for the Green Tile Skate Park. That lets you know you want to go to the Green Tile Skate Park. Uh, you go there, you find a piece of paper that indicates um, he likes the letters A-L-R-Q. That was a graffiti tag he wrote, and so that's actually the password which opens up his dresser. Mm. And in the dresser is a card for the train museum. Uh, what you're supposed to do is go there, and um, there are like four different numbers spread across these various locations. So like one's in a circle, one's in a triangle, one's in a square. And you use those four numbers um, to open up the password. That's the password for his computer. I, I mean, his tablet. I don't know. It's not. It's not enough using uh, frisbees to move refrigerators for my taste. I don't know. <laughs> this particular game, man. This particular game does not have a lot of inventory items. So let me go with the inventory item puzzle. <laughs> it also does the thing where you use an item once and then never again. 
Yeah. So yeah. let's see. There's a key hidden underneath a brick, and let's see. You get a wrench on the ramp. I forget where the wrench is used. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the grabber is the only item you use more than once, where you're just the, sure. it, it lets you grab items from far away. So you're given that item for picking up trash, but you also use it to pick up an item which is like trapped on the ceiling, which is uh, that was actually a kind of creative puzzle. Yeah. I don't know. It's all I get. I'm so snobby about adventure game puzzles. I don't like it when it's like it's a very direct. Like you use the screwdriver to uh, to take the screw out. Like I like it when it's a lot dumber. <laughs> and the the game I'm I'm sort of writing in the background right now. Um, I don't know if this puzzle is even going to make it into the game, but you have to wash dishes. Um, but the cabin you're staying in doesn't have any soap, and the running the water is like really dirty. Um, so the solution is that you have to use the souvenir toothpaste that you got earlier in the game and rub it all over the the dishes, and then you have to (laughs) heat up a can of soda on the wood stove and then pour the hot soda on it to rinse it off. (laughs) I mean, they've they've had puzzles like this in the series. I like my nonsense. Their last game was just particularly, is more straightforward, so... It's you know the key opens the key. The skateboard tools used on the uh, on the skateboard uh, wheel. Uh. The, the handle door handle is used on the handle. Here's one that's not. So a putty knife, you pick that yeah. off of the ground and you use that to pry open the heavy lid of something. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think I think I just like it when you use items for things that are absolutely not their purpose. I find that I like I find that entertaining like ten times out of ten for for no real reason. There was a puzzle in the game where you have to improvise a bottle of rosé wine, and that just totally destroyed me, because I'd never heard of some <laughs> oh, of this no. stuff before. <laughs> so, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, but. and there there wasn't, like, like you look at a bottle to see the ingredients in the wine or anything like that? It's, it's just you had to know? Um, you grab a can of ger- cherry juice, um, and... I don't know. It's it's, it's sort of complicated. Um, yeah. One of the puzzles you probably like is uh, you get a file and you use the file on the on a screwdriver to make it slightly smaller so <laughs> it will fit in the door and you can jammy open a door. That sounds okay. like a, a Paul puzzle you yes. might like. Now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's got two or three puzzles that would that would probably be like yeah. major Paul puzzles. But I think uh-huh. then all the others are. Uh, like the, gosh, 20 sort of inventory items are generally just used as intended. So a key is yeah. used as a key. And a cleaning cloth, well, you actually have to find cleaning fluid to go with the cloth. But, uh, I mean, that's used mm-hmm. to clean off something that's dirty. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it it, it makes sense. Like I said, I, I'm just, I think I'm just a snob about this stuff. I've played too many LucasArts games and then games that evolved from LucasArts games. I love my wacky puzzles. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of boring when this this game has, gosh, how many keys? Four or five <laughs> keys, and they're all used as intended. Yeah. I don't know. I still thought it was, it was an okay game. Yeah, it was pretty good. This one was themed uh, basically on skateboarding, so like half the locations of the game are just various skateboarding places in, in I presume, the designer's hometown. I don't know. I think I would play a game set in uh, Oregon City or or in the or- various places of the Oregon Trail. It sounds fun to me. Yeah, not too many places in the Oregon Trail are uh, in Oregon City. 
mm. proper, I think. So one of the cool places <laughs> in Oregon uh, City is... Uh, <laughs> uh, if we make a game, it's 100% going to be in it. But um, I think there are two places in Oregon City where they filmed for uh, the Twilight movies. Awesome. So um, the so the abandoned... Yeah, this is an abandoned uh, paper factory... So they use that as the mill in in the movie Twilight. So it's like, oh well, now now it's got to be in the game if we're making one. <laughs> and then you can get all the Twilight fans to play it too. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, should we should we go into listener mail, listener questions? Sure. Let's go into listener questions. I think now yeah. that we've got like a good enough plan for what exactly it is we're going to yeah. be doing. This for is the next, good. This is good. I like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we did get one very nice uh, letter from uh, a listener named Joey. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, Joey's been been following us uh, for many, many years. Like he he started watching your videos on YouTube, which got him to Game Cola's videos. He watched several of of my walkthroughs on there, which is wild. I think I have like three of them. <laughs> uh, moved got into Phoenix right because of that. Um, and then followed us to oh, a podcast, and, and he said some really, really nice stuff about that. So, so Joey, if you're listening right now, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so here's here's a, an abbreviated version of the letter. Um, Hoping this email uh, finds you both well. I just watched Michael's live stream of Life in the Dorms and wanted to ask Paul in particular if any of these characters, particularly Brian or Winston, were based on your experience in the dorms. Were you also asked to do a whole bunch of team-building exercises before and perhaps after the school year began? Do you believe there will be a sequel, perhaps set during the school year, with the revenge of Mr. Shirk? Love the podcast. Love all your works over the past decade. Thank you guys so much. Joey. Um, and I'm sorry, Michael. These are these are all sort of Paul-centric questions. It, it's okay. So uh, I think you mentioned that there was somebody like Winston, right? There was, there was somebody yeah. who man the front door of your dorm right yeah it was me <laughs> oh that's right yeah talk about how great that job was, that was yeah the best no job oh ever. gosh oh gosh yeah. i could oh man yeah uh so that was that was a job i had during uh my junior and senior year of college was i was one of the people working the front desk of our dorms uh dorm uh giving people their their packages that they got through the mail uh, and giving them keys and swipe cards if they lost their keys. Um, and, yeah, it was almost certainly one of the best jobs I've ever had because almost all of it was just kind of sitting there watching wrestling and, <laughs> and getting free pizza from drunk college students. Like, I would always uh, try to take, like, the, the late shifts. Like, it would be, like, midnight to 3, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, and there would be nobody there. There would just be me just kind of, you know, eating candy, eating pizza, watching TV, and occasionally having to uh, call 911 because a drunk person passed out in the lobby. But other than that, it was awesome. Um, so that's sort of why I included the character of Winston is I, uh, that was that was such a big part of my college experience. I thought it it, it belonged in this game. And yeah, so and, and kind of like Winston, I, I tended to take my job fa fairly seriously, you know, when there was actually stuff to do um and that's that's sort of where uh teague the copy editor uh came from too as you might imagine i'm sure a lot of you know that copy editing is uh sort of my day job it's sort of sort of what i've been doing basically since college um 
So that's that's sort of how Teague ended up there in his frustration in editing the the bad term paper was was sort of me just getting a bunch of frustration out at dumb errors that I see all the time when I'm editing stuff. Um, so really, uh, a lot of the characters are me, <laughs> inspired by the real life character person of me. Um, mm-hmm. Brian is not Brian is not based on anyone. Brian is just a, a wonderful, extremely, extremely enthusiastic RA. It does seem like that would be based on someone in real life. Yeah. But <laughs> no, none of my RAs were really that that into being an RA. I don't think. Not to certainly not to Brian's degree. I mean, that's that's part of it too, right? Like, even the the characters in this game that that take parts of me. It's it's always like not just me, but it's me like turned up a thousand degrees. Like, is I mean, Dak is also me. All of Dak's insecurities about college was was me. It's that's that's where it came from. I was the one who was, you know, not looking forward to college. I had finally hit my stride in high school, and now they were going to change everything, and all my friends were gone, and I had to hang up with all, hang up with all these awful drunk people throwing up everywhere. Um, I you know I didn't think my roommate was going to be a serial killer, but I did think they were going to be terrible. Um, so, you know, that's, that's sort of how all that stuff ended up in the game. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I think the first year, that was the only RA that bothered to learn my name. <laughs> but yeah, look at you, you actually hit a stride in, in high school. That's good for you. I did. I'm not sure I could agree. Uh, my, it's funny, my junior and senior year of both high school and college were both, like, really good to me. And freshman and sophomore year of both of them were terrible. Really? Because everybody says, like, junior year is supposed to be the worst or whatnot, so... No, junior year is... But in both in both schools, that's when I started making friends. <laughs> you were there long enough to, to, like, get a sense of how things worked, yeah? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, for, uh, for Joey's other questions, um, uh, the team-building exercise, um, the, the scavenger hunt was totally made up, but, um... The idea of of these sort of get to know you games that was that definitely came from my freshman year dorm, uh, where like one of the first things we had to do when we moved in was they made us do this exercise where we had to go to our rooms and find the one item we would rescue from our dorm in case there was a fire. <laughs> I think I grabbed like a stuffed animal. All the other guys in the dorm grabbed condoms because because they were super funny. Yeah, um, man, that's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that, Everybody yeah. had the same joke. There were there were a lot of people who had that joke. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you can see why I didn't want to hang out with these guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and the whole concept, uh, like like a lot of the game is themed around or, or has the framing, I guess, of Dak just wants to unpack his boxes. And that was sort of my experience, like, the first day of after moving into the dorms was every time I would go to open up a box, someone would be dragging me out of my room to make me do something. And, you know, I just wanted to set up my computer and I wanted people to leave me alone. Um, and as for a sequel, uh, I joke constantly about how I want to make life in the dorms to death in the dorms. Um, but that's almost certainly never going to happen. Um I think Michael and I already talked in this episode about how neither of us would even know where to begin in making a 3D adventure game like this. Um, I haven't spoken with the programmer on Life in the Dorms to, to any real degree in years at this point. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he also owns the right, I think, to Life in the Dorms, technically. Um, I'm sure if I asked very nicely, he would he would rubber stamp a sequel, but I, I, I just can't even, like, see a way we could do it without it being a totally different game. And if it's going to be a totally different game, it might as well actually be a different game, not just be another Life in the Dorms game. Um, and, you know, as with so many things, it didn't, it's not like it sold that great. Almost nobody's played the Steam version, so... Oh, yeah, you could probably tell how many people have downloaded the same version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, even that, like, I, I also, you can judge this stuff just based on the number of reviews it has on, on the Steam page, even not looking at the actual stats, and it does not it does not have very many. I haven't, I mean, I played it, I haven't reviewed it. I can give it a nice review. <laughs> if you wanted to, I would appreciate it. This is why I'm always telling people on Twitter to review our games. That the stuff matters, um, not just for my ego, but also for visibility on Steam. The 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 algorithm gods they like it. They like to see reviews of games, particularly positive reviews. Uh, how do I leave a review? Oh no! Can't I just give it a thumbs up? No, Steam. I think you have to you have to say something too. Jeez. Well, forget yeah, that. that was... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I, I hope that answers all of your questions, Joey. And, and once again, uh, thank you so much for the email. That was awesome. Uh, you're great. So is everyone else who listens to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Are you re- are you reviewing my I'm game right post now? My review. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Thumbs up. It's a nice <laughs> review. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yay. Now more people will find the game. <laughs> Apparently I played it for six hours, so I mean... Yeah, that's, was that like your longest stream of all time? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, uninterrupted stream, definitely. Yeah. I, I felt bad about how long you had to... How long you were you were streaming for that. I did not expect you to go through the whole thing. It was cool. Yeah, I I didn't know it was going to be that long. I'm sorry. I'm surprised you said the game originally sold for a dollar. I thought it was going to be short, but uh, no. There was was a whole thing. uh, I forget why we priced it that way, but it was like it would either be like $1 or $5 or something like that, and we didn't want to go for the higher price because nobody ever buys the higher prices priced games on xbox live indie games which is where we originally sold it something along those mm-hmm. lines it was it was something with how the market on that website worked um, we actually did sell it actually uh, a pretty decent amount of copies on xbox live indie games it's just nobody on steam liked it <laughs> or played it i guess anyway i guess nobody on steam knew yeah. about it i mean that's true i had too. so yeah. much trouble trying to get get the controller to work so the only reason I was able to get it was because I had an Xbox 360 controller specifically on my uh, Christmas list, and somebody got it for me, and so I played the game. It's an Xbox 360 wired controller. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could do a, a whole another podcast about the problems with trying to get a PC version of this game, uh, but we can we could save that for another time. All right, I think that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argofump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Your homework this week, this month, 
is to check out Life in the Dorms if you have a wired Xbox controller or, I don't know, maybe it works on other controllers. It sounds like it probably doesn't, uh, but it's free, so you should check it out. It's probably just um, my fault that it didn't work with uh, with a random used Xbox controller that I got for free, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. You have, like, other Xbox controllers, right? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, I, I've, I, I have... I do. I've only ever used the wired Xbox 360 controller on my computer, though. I haven't oh. really tried it. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I don't have any systems after Xbox 360. That's the newest Xbox I have anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it came out with Life in the Dorms, and then, like, how can you top that game? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they never made a sequel, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, no, I got lost. Okay. Uh, our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at com. Is there anything you'd like to add, Michael? Check out Life in the Dorms. Apparently that's the theme for the month, so... Apparently, that, that'd be a good yes. game to play in February, right? I, I guess we should probably encourage people to play a dating sim in February. Um, you can fall in love in Cat President too. That's a good yeah. point. We should maybe we'll come back to life in the dorms in September. That's the time to play a game about moving into your dorm, right? Or maybe like the end of August, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. We just need to You're make right. a, a game for every month of the year, and then we'll be yes. we'll be set forever. Oh, and then can we make a calendar that has like a screenshot of one of our games every month? That'd be so cool. Put that I think in the right now the only one we've shop. got is the uh, the Christmas. I think the Christmas yeah. one is the only game that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Awkward Steve's good for October. Uh, all right. Anyway, I need to end this yeah. now. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Awkward Tober. Yes, I like it. Okay, thanks for watching. Tober. Bye. Thanks for no. listening. Bye. Sorry. The story will be told. <laughs> she just got distracted because I think you use paint thinner as an item in Maniac Mansion. Just trying to remember what you use it for. Hopefully, hopefully not for thinning paint. That's too boring.